Welcome to another episode of Laboratory Considerations from Q Squared Solutions. I'm your host, Chris Connor. Q Squared Solutions is a leading clinical trial laboratory services organization with end to end laboratory services and secure enterprise wide biospecimen and consent management solutions. Q Squared Solutions uses its global experience and scientific expertise to transform science and data into in actionable insights that help customers improve human health. This joint venture of IQVIA and Quest Diagnostics combines the best of each parent organization's capabilities to treat each sample as if a life depends on it. Joining me on this episode is Charlie Fix, the Global Director of Scientific Harmonization for Q Squared Solutions. And today we're gonna discuss pediatric clinical trials specifically around safety testing, which is typically a large panel of tests for a sponsor study. So, Charlie, welcome. Thank you, Chris. To give our audience some context, tell us a little bit about your background and then this pediatric initiative at Q Squared Solutions, which is really the basis for our whole conversation today. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I am historically a medical technologist in the state of California. We're called clinical laboratory scientists. I've been a clinical laboratory scientist since the 1980s. I started out in a smaller laboratory running every test in that lab and drawing a lot of blood. So that gave me a good background for this pediatric initiative. So I was with Quest when the joint venture came along that formed later Q-Squared Solutions around 2015, by that time I was a global director already. I was overseeing all the new test validations for Quest Diagnostics clinical trials. And when I joined Q-Squared Solution, I was offered a job as the global director of scientific harmonization. We have seven proprietary laboratories around the world. Our main laboratories are in the United States in Valencia, California, and in the UK in Edinburgh, Scotland. But we also have laboratories in Singapore and in China and in Japan and Mumbai, India, and partnership labs in South Africa and Brazil and, and Argentina. So they are all running safety testing. And my job is to make sure that safety testing is all run the same way, same instruments, same reagents, putting out the same results that are not statistically different so that we can offer our clients global, globally harmonized testing around the world for their clinical trial studies. <clears throat> so the pediatric initiative was born out of a specific client concern that we had overquoted blood volumes for a particular study that actually involved very young pediatric subjects that had spinal muscular atrophy. And so they were, their growth was stunted on a in addition to being very small and very young pediatric subjects. And so the client was very concerned about every milliliter of blood drawn from these subjects. And I got involved because I had been involved in a similar pediatric initiative back in the Quest Diagnostics clinical trials job that I had over 10 years before, before this. But a lot of the same principles of what we learned and applied in that pediatric initiative were used in the pediatric initiative that we just completed last year. Talk a little bit about the patients. So you mentioned very young children in these trials. So what are they and their family experiencing in the bigger picture? Give an example of what that might be like. Typically, 
those kids are sick or they might be suffering from cancer or a rare genetic disorder. And that's stressful on them and it's stressful on their parents. As you mentioned in the introduction, our mission statement in Q-Square Solutions is that we treat every sample as if a life depends on it, and, and we do live that mission. Uh, a big part of our pediatric initiative last year was focused on making blood collection as painless as possible, as well as minimizing the amount of blood that needs to be drawn and tested on these very small subjects. Uh, we also focused on how to get the most out of very small volumes of blood when it comes to testing those really precious and irreplaceable samples in our labs and preventing cancellations caused by insufficient blood volume as much as possible. Yes. So when you say pediatric, specifically, what ages are we talking about for this conversation? And I think you mentioned the primary challenge as far as the laboratory is concerned is cancellations because of an insufficient draw. Is that right? In the medical world, you become an adult at the age of 18. So any patient under 18 is considered pediatric, but the focus of our initiative was really on pediatric ages that are the hardest to collect blood from, and those are pediatrics that are pediatric subjects that are six years old and under. Canceled tests because of insufficient volume obviously aren't helpful to the sponsor and create unnecessary stress for that patient and the family. Describe broadly the typical panel or panels that we're talking about for safety testing and the workflow for running those tests. Sure. So in pharmaceutical clinical trial studies, the two main priorities are ensuring that the experimental drug does what it's supposed to do, and number two, doesn't cause any harm to the subjects being studied. So safety testing from a clinical laboratory standpoint typically involves blood testing for CBC, which is a complete blood count, and a biochemistry panel that includes typically over 20 different serum chemistry markers. Uh, these are markers that are chosen to detect any damage to internal organs such as liver or kidneys. Those are the two most common organs affected by a bad drug. Your liver is a biochemical heart of the body, and it's the organ that cleans out any foreign toxins or poisons. And a new drug can look like a foreign toxin or poison to the, to the liver. And the kidneys are the, the organs that excrete all the waste products, and so those can be damaged as well by sometimes new experimental drugs. So the pharma companies are watching those kind of, they call them liver markers or kidney markers very closely. So they're always part of, the, of a safety test and there's a lot of other things in there as well. Our larger labs, they run well over a thousand of those panels every day on automated instruments. These instruments are built for speed in addition to producing pre precise and accurate results, which they have to do. Uh, very small volume samples, such as those that we might receive on a very young pediatric subject, don't fit well into that automated process because usually they require special handling and special sampling techniques. Exactly. As you mentioned, those analyzers are set up for the most part to minimize turnaround time for all your other clients. So when you have a short sample, how do you modify the tests or the workflow to give priority to the most important assays that you can get out of that sample? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because one of the really groundbreaking things that we came up with in our pediatric initiative last year was the creation of an alternative short sample chemistry panel 
that our labs could reflex to if they receive a serum sample that does not have enough volume to perform the chemistry panel ordered. So this alternate panel, it has fewer tests in it, but these are tests that we have worked with our medical laboratory directors on to ensure that they include critical markers for such things as liver or kidney injury. We also know exactly how much serum we need to get accurate results on that smaller, we call it a short sample uh, chemistry panel. A and it's a really small amount of serum when we use the special micro sampling capabilities of our chemistry instruments. However, to do that, it requires special manual handling of those samples. But all of our labs have been trained on it, and we've created special test codes to identify those samples when they come in so that they are segregated for that special handling. So that was all part of the outcome of our pediatric initiative. In addition to that short sample panel option, we worked with our labs and the laboratory instrument manufacturers to optimize and standardize our sampling processes for many other different types of laboratory tests for low volume samples received from pediatric patients. So what kind of minimal volumes are we talking about to make it the call on a short sample for a pediatric analysis? For both CBC and chemistry panels, which use two different blood, two different sample types really, uh, CBC requires whole blood for C and, a, and you need serum for chemistry panels. If you go to the doctor and have your blood drawn for a routine physical, you'll notice that they draw a red top tube and, and typically a lavender top tube. That lavender top tube is, is for the CBC. The red top tube is for the chemistry panel. It ends up getting centrifuged and the serum is removed from it. We know we can get accurate results on under half an ml of blood or serum for both of those panels. So half an ml of, of whole blood for CBC, half an ml of serum for chemistry panels. Wow. Who makes the call on whether a sample is short to put it in this alternative workflow? Only licensed medical technologists make that determination in any of our global labs. And, and they're called different things in different parts of the world. In the UK, they're called biomedical scientists. In Asia, they're called medical technologists. In California, as I said before, they're, they're called clinical laboratory scientists. In different parts of the United States, they're usually called medical technologists. But they all have to have a certain <clears throat> amount of formal education and instruction to obtain that license and to be able to, they're, they're the ones in the laboratories, the clinical laboratories all over the world that make the important decisions. They're the ones that are able to make judgments, uh, subjective, oftentimes subjective judgments. And most of the work is done by laboratory associates who cannot make such things. They can take a tube of blood and put it on an instrument and press a button and have it run but they can't look at a sample and make the decision whether that's enough to run or not. And that's part of this whole process that we worked on because what was happening before our pediatric initiative was exactly that. A sample from a very low volume sample would come in and it would be put on one of our automated analyzers. And if, it not, if there was not enough serum in there to run the whole panel, it would end up what we call QNSing, quantity not sufficient and canceling. So the cancellation rates were pretty high for pediatric subjects under eight years old. And that's another reason why we focused on the young subjects under seven, because of those high cancellation rates and the known difficulty of getting enough blood from subjects that young. 
for a number of reasons, not just because they have small, delicate veins, which they do, but also because they tend to kick and scream and fight when you're drawing their blood. So we wanted to put an end to that. We knew that these are very precious and oftentimes irreplaceable samples. And so we needed to come up with something to give them the white glove treatment. And that's what I think we were able to accomplish. So this isn't just about which samples to run. As always, sample collection is really important in this whole thing and maybe not the sexiest part of it. But how is sample collection different for pediatric patients? As adults, if we get our blood drawn for lab tests, the phlebotomist typically uses vacuum tubes and 21-gauge needles. And the vacuum in the tubes is what really causes the blood to flow out of your vein and into the tubes. That system doesn't work as well for very young pediatric patients who, like I say, have very small and delicate veins. So for subjects under seven years of age, we are recommending the use of the Sarstedt Monovet blood drawing system. So that system has been used for over 10 years in Europe and Asia, and it's been FDA approved for years as well in the United States. Although a lot of phlebotomists aren't used to using it or even know that it exists, until I got involved in this initiative, I didn't know it existed. But I sure learned a lot about it. And as somebody who used to draw blood, I know that it's a good system. It, it combines the control provided by a syringe and a 23-gauge butterfly needle. The larger the number of gauge, the smaller the needle, by the way. So a 23-gauge needle is much, much smaller than a 21-gauge needle. And, and they're typically used if you have surgery procedures or something like that. The needle that the nurse puts in the vein in the back of your hand, that's typically a butterfly infusion set with a 23-gauge needle. Those same butterfly infusion sets can be hooked up to this Monovet system, which looks like a syringe, but it's actually using different tubes that have the clot activators or the anticoagulants or the blood preservatives or sometimes a combination of any of the three commonly available in vacuum tubes. So that, that lavender top tube for CBC I was talking about and that red top tube for serum chemistry I was talking about, they make those for monovet tubes and it's got this little plunger on it and these are small tubes. Chris, these tubes are, you can draw half an ml into them. Like I said, our, our minimum for CBC is half an ml, and that really is our minimum. You get under a half an ml, and you're risking a, a QNS situation, quantity not sufficient. But they make tubes small enough so that you don't have to draw more than that. So the Monovet system is really well tailored towards pediatric blood draws. Uh, and the 23-gauge needle causes a lot less pain than the larger 21-gauge needles that are commonly used in adults. So the way this system works is the phlebotomist or nurse drawing the blood, pull, pulls the plunger, and the blood flows directly into the tube that has the ne necessary additives in it. And just like different vacuum tubes can be switched during the same blood draw, different monovet draw tubes can be switched during the same draw. So you don't have to you know, stick a patient every time you're drawing a different tube. And they, you don't, nobody wants to do that, especially with kids. So each of them have their own plunger that is snapped off later, so that tube can be centrifuged or placed directly on one of our instruments. 
It's a really slick system. And anybody can look it up. It's, there's tons of YouTube videos on it. It's the Monovet blood drawing system. So definitely it's worth looking at if you're interested in, in finding out more about it. Monovet, and we, by the way, we have tons of promotional material on that. And I partnered with Monovet, and they helped their marketing people work directly with me to create some specific instructions for our, what we call our, draw, our investigator sites. So an investigator site and a clinical trial study is basically a doctor's office, or sometimes it can be a, a clinic somewhere where they have the subjects, patients are called subjects in, in clinical trials, pharmaceutical clinical trials, and they go to those sites or doctor's offices to have their blood drawn, okay? So just they're just different, just like vacuum tubes, they can be used to draw these various blood types. And the bottom snapped off, it could be centrifuge, as I say. They, they come in very small sizes to minimize the amount of blood taken. And combining that with our knowledge of the type of small volumes that we can get by with in our laboratories, it allows us to save as much blood as possible from these little patients. And that becomes very important in a two-year-long clinical trial study where these kids might have their blood drawn frequently, like weekly in some cases, and regularly throughout the life of the study. So that's over time, a lot of blood they're taking out of these kids. As I said, I'm a licensed medical technologist, and I used to draw blood in my early days. And I wish I had that system back when I had to draw little kids and infants that usually squirm and cry and sometimes scream when getting their blood drawn. It's everybody that I've talked to that have used it really likes it. We are getting some resistance from some sites that don't want to use it. And to help minimize that resistance, we do have all the instructions available for them. But if they want to use their own supplies and, and some other system, we allow that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. A couple of things stood out to me there. Just one, you circled back to the beginning and describing the experience for these kids. So we're not just talking about sticking them once. We're talking about sticking them regularly over an extended period of time, whether it's weekly or even monthly or even six months. Right. That's yeah. a lot when you're a little kid. And you don't forget yeah. the first one. So every subsequent one is probably not that much fun. And then the other interesting thing on the technical side that I'm geeking out on is the ability that you run those smaller tubes right on the analyzer. It's not, okay, we have a small tube for collection, now we got to move that sample, which has risk, right? That's true for the CBC because that's what happens. Typically, even if you go to a draw site for to get your blood drawn for your doctor's appointment or whatever, the serum tubes will be spun down there and discarded after they remove the serum, and that goes into a separate tube and gets sent to the laboratory. So it's not completely true that every one of these monovet tubes goes onto our analyzers. Really, the only one that would is the CBC, the lavender tube, because that's a whole blood sample, and it doesn't get spun down. It doesn't get centrifuged and, and, and processed. Everything else typically would get processed. Even coagulation testing is a big part of safety testing, prothrombin time partial thromboplastin time. That's a different collection tube as well. That's a, a light blue top tube. It's sodium citrate. And, and that's, that also gets spun down and the plasma removed and actually frozen before it's sent to the laboratory for testing because the, the stability at room temperature for coagulation markers is, is very low, very short. 
This has been really informative. Charlie Fix, I want to thank you for sharing all your expertise on pediatric blood draws today. If people want to learn more, they should visit q2labsolutions.com slash pediatrics. And that's Q, the number two, labsolutions.com slash pediatrics. Yep. Thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure. It,